today at uh, faith, trusting God, stepping out in faith. And there are many things in life that are outside your control and outside my control, right? There are many things in life that we have to come to accept that, hey, this is outside outside of my control. So I'm going to, as we get started, what are some things that you've, you face that are outside of your control? First, I'll give you one to start with. You, When you came to church tonight, you did not realize you would be getting two for the price of one tonight, right? That was outside of your control. You thought, okay, we'll have one time that we're getting preached at. No, you're getting two tonight. So that was outside of your control. What are some other things in life that you've learned? This is out of my control and I have to to deal with that. Weather. Weather. Constantly outside of our control. Outside of the meteorologist's control too, isn't it? Sickness, okay. Uh, the whole, <laughs> this whole year has been out of control, hasn't it? And definitely out of, out of our control. Yes. Okay. What tomorrow will bring um, is out of our control. You know, I, as we were sitting here, I, I couldn't help but notice how dark the windows were getting as, as we're sitting in church. And I'm like, I was, that thought came of like, it was only a couple of weeks ago that we were getting out of church in the daylight and now it's getting dark. That That's out of my control. That's out of our control. Simple things like that of like, man, it's getting dark early. Uh, anything else? Death, Death is, is out of our control. Politics. Politics. You know, we could probably take the rest of our time tonight just naming things. Right. That are that are out of our control. When we really get down to it, there are very few things that we are in control of. You know, uh, the family that you were born into. Out of your control, the um, many times your your physical traits are out of your control. Um, When you were born in history. I was never, I wasn't consulted of what period of history God didn't ask me beforehand. What, what, what time in history would you like to be? If you have your Bibles with you tonight, turn to the book of Esther, Esther chapter four. Now, we obviously do not have the time to go through the entire account of Esther. Um, I'm, I'm sure you are familiar with the, the account of Esther. If not, I encourage you to go um, this week and read through it of God's hand through this. But we're going to just look at uh, Esther chapter 4, kind of in the climax of the whole account. And there's some important lessons for us to learn here of, of stepping out in faith. When things are out of our control, when they are out of control, um, when we're faced with, with different things, uh, how how should we respond? So Esther chapter four and verse one. When Mordecai learned all that had happened, he tore his clothes when he learned that uh, that the law had been passed and that they were going to be sought after and put to death. Um, he put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud and bitter cry. 
He went as far as the front of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was a great mourning among the Jews, with fasting and weeping and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. Then she sent garments to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away from him, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, whom he had appointed to attend her, and she gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn what and why this was. So Hathak went to, out to Mordecai in the city square that was in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries to destroy the Jews. The, the plan of Satan is continuing on. How can, I, how can I destroy the Jews? How can I stop God's plan? He also gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was given at Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and explain to her, and that he might command her to go into the king to make supplication to him and plead before him for her people. So Hathak returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and gave him a command for Mordecai. All the king's servants and people of the king's provinces Know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. And Mordecai told them to, to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present at Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. So here we, we read, we, as I said, we kind of come in in the middle of this um, dilemma is putting it lightly. So here their, their life is very much on the line. And there's some lessons that we can learn from this. Uh, first of all, fear is a very real part of life. Um, I don't know from what age when fear starts to become a real part of life. It's really, really young. And uh, we probably know when they start verbalizing a little bit what they're fearful of. Maybe when a baby's screaming, maybe they're fearful of something that we don't know about. But fear from a very early age is a very real part of life. Um, and we, as adults, it's not like we grow out of fearing different things. 
uh, turn on the TV for a second, turn on the news for a second, walk outside, go to the store, and you will be confronted with maybe your either your own fears, other people's fears, um, maybe as we talked earlier, maybe ride in the car with someone you know, and, and you'll have some fear come up in your life. And we have fear of different things. We have fear of, of the future. Uh, Don said, we, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. That is out of my control. We don't know what, what's going to happen tomorrow. What's going to happen, uh, with the election? What's going to happen with the virus? What's going to happen with this? And we can look to the future and be completely paralyzed by fear. We can also have fear of the past, of our own past, of, man, what if, what if somebody finds out about my past or realizes how, how sinful, sinful I am or I was? We can have fear over our health. Maybe, maybe we've got reports that, that bring worry or bring fear into our lives. We can have fear of not having what it takes to meet a certain need that has arisen. Uh, fear as, as parents of how do I, how do I train these kids up in the way of the Lord? Or maybe adult, you have adult children and you have fear of how can I, how can I reach them with the truth? And in our account that we read right here, The Jews were fearful for their life because according to what they were seeing in front of them, uh, it had been signed. The decree had been signed. um, The money had been given to destroy the Jews. So fear is a very real part of life. But fear is also a great opportunity, an opportunity. So when we are confronted with fear, we are the ones that get to choose how, are we, how we're going to respond when fear arises. We can choose to run away from it. Um, I'm, I'm just going to avoid that. It, it scares me. Um, you know, fear of the future, fear of our own death. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, I, don't want to be, I don't want to be around it at all. I'm not going to go to any funeral services because I don't even want to think about the possibility of my own death. And a lot of the world lives with that fear of how can I keep that away from me as much as possible? The fear of death. And we can run away from our fears, not just the fear of death. We can run away from the fear of, uh, how can I be the parent that I need to be? Well, I'm going to run to this thing or run to that thing instead of facing that fear that I might have. We can run to friends or we can run to experts. What are the experts saying about this? That maybe maybe that will help calm my fear a little bit. Maybe if the experts uh, agree with me or what I'm thinking, that will help calm my fear so I don't have to deal with it. Or we can run to distractions. And I think... I think God has kind of removed a lot of distractions in this year from us. And the things that we would run to quickly to instead of running to God, some of those have been taken away from us. And now are we going to run to God? And that's fear gives us the opportunity to run to God. And that uh, 
I don't need to even say that that is we ought to be running to him first, not when we can't uh, get rid of it by running away from it or running from distractions. We ought to run to God. And here the, the Jews were running to God and were, were trusting, were trusting in him. Um, I love I love in uh, verse 13 of chapter four. Uh, Mordecai says, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. So he, first of all, is saying, in case you're sitting up there in the palace and you're thinking, oh, I'll be okay up here. You know, it's too bad what's going to happen to the other Jews, but I'll be up okay up here. I don't need to worry about it. Mordecai says, hey, don't be thinking that this won't affect you as well. And this brings us to our next lesson from here. Fear is an opportunity to run to God, and then we will find that God is always in control. Look at the faith of Mordecai. He says, do not think that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. What is he saying? God is going to deliver. God is going to deliver. He is in control. I think of the the account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they said, King, know that even though you throw us into the fiery furnace, know that our God is able to deliver us. Whether we perish or not, our God is able to deliver us. Or the account of Abraham when he was uh, to offer Isaac his son. And he, he said that God is able to either provide a sacrifice or raise him up again from the dead. He was trusting God. He was stepping out in faith. Although this doesn't make sense to me, although I don't understand what is going on, what is happening... I understand that God is in control. You know, we we commented that all of 2020 has been spinning out of control, right? Um, you've probably seen different things saying, uh, par for the course for 2020. I saw uh, Farmer's Almanac said that this winter is supposed to be horrible. Anybody else see that? Cold, lots of snow. And the, the comment was, well, it's 2020. What else would you expect? That... The year seems out of control, but as believers, we know that God is always in control. So when when it seems like our life is spinning out of control, know that God is holding it in his hands. I think of the the life of Joseph. Joseph, here he is. He is uh, sold into slavery, taken from his homeland. His life is spinning out of control, and it often says that, And the Lord was with Joseph. When everything was going bad, he gets promoted. He gets falsely accused then, thrown into prison. And it says, and the Lord was with Joseph. As he's sitting there in prison, and the Lord was with Joseph. What God used all those things to help in training him. And then brought him to the point where God had prepared him to be able to deliver Uh, the people from famine, and to save his family. But God was always in control, and it says that God was with him. Ephesians 1 and verse 
11 says, God works all things out according to the counsel of his will. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of disagreeing back and forth of who is going to be in control of, of our country and whose will is going to be pushed and whose agenda will be pushed. God is always in control and he is the one who is working out his plan. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 21 says that God changes the times and the seasons. Changes the times. See, it's dark out already. He removes kings and he raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So as you step out in faith in whatever you are facing, know that God is always in control. And then what we see in this, in this story, in this account, God's timing is always perfect. There are very few perfect timing moments in our lives. Um, maybe you've tried to capture that, that perfect shot, um, and it seems like you're always just a little behind that perfect shot with your camera, right? Have you ever tried taking a picture of a lightning storm? It's really difficult. I'm sure if you had better equipment, it'd be a lot easier. But in, in life, we, there's very few, very seldom moments where our timing is absolutely perfect. But as we look at this account, as we look at different accounts in the Bible, God's timing is always perfect. After, uh, in verse 14, where we read, it said, Mordecai reminded Esther that if you remain silent, um, God will save, yet you and your father's house will perish. And then he says, yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We talked about Joseph. God had him right at that time, preparing him all along to serve at that certain time. And God's timing is always perfect. Mordecai reminds Esther, Esther, if you don't, if you don't do this, know that God will still save his people. He will find a deliverer. He will save his people. But what if God appointed you to this position for such a time as this. We may not be called as Esther to walk in before the king not knowing whether our life is going to be taken from us or if God will bring deliverance. You better believe Esther had some fear that she was dealing with at this time. She, I mean, she said, hey, nobody, you know the law. Anybody that comes in before the king, their life is, their life is done. And, and I, he hasn't asked for me, so I better not. She was dealing with fear. But that's where we need to step out in faith. You may not be called to go before the king. You may not be called to go before the president. You may not be called to go before some big ruler. But God has put you and I at this time in history. We may say, and I've heard people, oh man, it was so much better back in the day when this, if God wanted us back in the day, he would have put us back in the day. God placed us for this time and every generation has battles that we must fight. Battles for truth, as we were just reminded of before this, of taking a stand. And God has placed us in this time, not so that we can say, oh, this time is so 
horrible. He has placed us in this time so that we can make a difference. And so what was it that Esther then called them to do? A lesson that we can learn, trust trust the power of prayer. So Esther, in dealing with her fear, and this is how you and I deal with our fear, we go before the Lord with it. She said, okay, Mordecai, your point has gotten through to me. Um, I see what you're saying. And she says, go before the people and tell them to fast and call upon the name of the Lord. Don't eat or drink for three days. And you better believe she was doing the same. And then I will go before the Lord. And then look at this faith. Once again, it wasn't and and God better deliver me. No, she said, I will do it. And if I perish, I perish. It was it was trusting completely in God. It wasn't saying, now, now, are you sure that God will hear our prayers? Are you are, can you give me some sort of do you think? No, it was, OK, Lord, I'm trusting you. And if I perish, I perish. You know, there have been countless believers throughout history who have come before challenges like this and have gone in and their life ended there. Not always does God save, save the, the person's life, but God's way is always best and his timing is always perfect. Um, think of the power of prayer of the people of Nineveh, that wicked city, and it says that they they fasted and prayed and repented and cried out to God for salvation, and he answered their prayer. God delights in answering the prayer of his people. That's why he tells us to come boldly to his throne. We're not crawling to the back, Lord, will you please? No. As his children, he says, come boldly to the throne that you may find grace and help in time of need. So trust the power of prayer and trust God and you will never be disappointed. God has chosen you and I to live in this time. And just as Mordecai reminded Esther, maybe God called you for such a time as this. Don't doubt what God is doing in your life. There are neighbors that God wants you to use to bring to salvation. There are co-workers that God wants to use you to be a light to. There are family members that God wants you to step forward in faith and and speak the truth boldly. You and I have been placed at such a time as this that we might make a difference. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I I thank you for all of the reminders in your word uh, that your timing is perfect, that you are in control, that your way is best. Um, Lord, and that's why in Proverbs it tells us to trust in you with all of our heart and not lean on our own understanding. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, help us to step out in, in faith, that we would boldly trust you. And Lord, we know that, uh, that you delight in answering, answering our prayers as we, as we pour out our heart to you. Lord, we do live in a, in a dark world. But that is why you have left us here, that we might be a light. Lord, we want to be a reflection of, of your greatness, of, of who you are. Lord, we thank you that you are the Savior and that you are the soon returning King of kings and Lord of lords. 
I pray that you would help us to be faithful until you come again. In Jesus' name, amen.